This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Well, excited this morning because... Uh, as our sermon time, we're going to get to hear a story that will most definitely preach to us. Um, uh, joining me this morning is Alex and Kayla Martin, and uh, these are OG Real Lifers. They've been with Real Life since the beginning, so these guys were meeting on Sunday nights before we ever were meeting on Sunday mornings, as we were getting ready to pave the way for this church to exist. And so aren't you glad that folks like Alex and Kayla got in on uh, things from the start to help pave the way? Um, uh, Alex and Kayla, would you guys just introduce us? We're, we're doing a uh, we're in a sermon series on the Book of Romans eight, and um, last week we talked about suffering. And so I thought Alex and Kayla's story would speak to what God is speaking to us in His Word. Um, so would you guys just introduce yourselves to us? And tell us a little bit about yourselves. All right, I'll start it off. I'm Kayla, and I'm already crying. I can't get through that worship song without already bawling in tears every time. But Anyways, I'm Kayla. I'm originally from Southern California. Um, I played softball in college. My senior year of college, I transferred to UT Martin and swiped right on Tinder and met this guy and never went back home, and I've been here since. Go Skyhawks. Go Hawks. (laughs) Go Skyhawks, right. And I'm Alex, and I'm from Clarksville, Nashville, Clarksvillian. Um, Went to UT Martin, met Kayla, came back here, settled in, and... uh, yeah, we have two children, uh, Enzo and Rip, ages three and one and a half or so. Yeah, when we got started, uh, Kayla, um, she just she just brought the fire. She every chance we could put a microphone in this gal's hand to just champion Jesus and tell the church what God was doing and give testimony and give announcements and engage in ministry. Um, she was helping us lead the way. Alex has served on staff with us. And um, the way these guys, they, these guys helped start our student ministry before we had a student minister. Really, really cool. Um, they've been involved in, in pretty much every area in the life of the church you could imagine. And, um, and, and as you know, uh, the most important ministry that any of us have is to our family. And uh, so God has blessed them with children. And um, uh, you guys have had a challenging journey uh, as you guys uh, brought children into the world. Would you just tell us some of your story? So, um, yeah, that's our uh, first child, Enzo, um, who is three now. So when I was pregnant with Enzo at our 20-week ultrasound, um, we had found that his brain was not developing correctly and that there was a large mass of fluid and only 25% of his brain had formed. So we started at that point mentally preparing that life was going to look a little bit different. Um, But even then, still, we had no idea what that journey was gonna take us to, um, the bad and the really good. Um, So I guess just kinda, there's been like five really big points in Enzo's life that have been a lot of um, heartbreak and how we've handled that. So the first one being in that first year of life, he got three major diagnoses. The first one was cortical vision impairment, um, which just basically means that the optic nerve that goes from the brain to the eye did not develop. And so we don't really know what he sees, but he's never really made true eye contact with anyone before. Um, yeah, they say it's like looking through Swiss cheese. So like, 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 yeah. what they get. Yeah. Really know. 
it's one of those things that there's not really a cure for. We, and the like, glasses won't help it. It just kind of, he's never going to see well. Um, so that was hard um, to think that like he may never like, see me the way I see him. And that was going to be a big challenge for him. The second diagnosis was when he was about seven months old and he got diagnosed with quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Um, and so that was really hard to hear. Um, I knew that life was going to be challenging for Enzo and I just hated ever putting a diagnosis on him. And so to hear that we felt very defeating. Um, the way I process things is I'm very hope-filled, so I always feel like there was going to be healing and maybe Enzo will just be delayed and then really work hard through therapies and like he will be able to walk one day, he will be able to do those things. But for someone to tell me like, no, I just don't think that's in the cards for Enzo was really hard. Um, and so that was, I feel like, the first time I felt like overwhelming um, sadness. That was, and, and that was how many months in? That was seven months in. Okay where I just felt like probably borderline depression at that point. I'm just really, really sad and didn't know how to handle it. I think I even go worse because I'm very analytical. I see things black and white and reason, how to reason everything. And if you go look at statistics of quad CP, all this stuff, seizure activity, and then diagnosis we'll talk about, but um, Enzo's life expectancy is not much. You know, you read and if he gets past the age of 10, it's a borderline miracle in 20s, basically unheard of. And um, so I crater even more than she does because I just get into the numbers of it and don't even like actually have the hope of a miraculous recovery, you know, or a total healing. And um, I think for me, that's more of like a safeguard in order to prepare myself for the worst that if he doesn't actually ever get better, I'll be okay with it because I've already reasoned it in my head instead of hope for the bubble to be burst down the road. So where was your, Alex, where was your head safe in these first seven months? Oh, brutal. Yeah. I mean, just up and down, um, mad at God. Um, for the first two years of Enzo's life, I was mostly mad at God because I couldn't understand how, one, I was doing, all, we were doing all these ministry stuff. And I'm like, God, where else could you possibly want us to be, man? I joined staff. I'm like doing all this stuff. Thought I was going to go do all these things in ministry and what I thought. And um, I just couldn't understand why he would put this such a huge roadblock in our way. Um, and that made me angry. I didn't understand the, the point of it, you know? And um, so yeah, turbulent would be the best way to describe it. Some days good, understanding it, most days not. Um, introduced that third diagnosis. That was probably the hardest one to hear. So at nine months old, Enzo had his very first seizure. Um, and they kind of like, kept happening and so we knew we had to go see a neurologist and see what exactly was going on and what to do with that. Um, so they started putting him on a medication and then one medication lead to another medication to another medication to another medication. Next thing we know our child is about to turn one and is on seven different medications and is still having seizures and he's basically just a vegetable is what I, t I mean I know it's a bad word to say, but I just, he was, he was alive, but there was nothing there. No. And so that was just like a really, really big pit where I just felt like myself just come to my, take my knees down to the floor and cry out to God, God, you have to give me something. Like I need some kind of hope. And he just always shows out. So our pediatrician introduced us to this lady that lives in Nashville. 
And um, she had cured her son who was having seizures through CBD oil. And so that's where we got introduced to CBD oil. And she encouraged me to completely take him off medication um, because she didn't feel that if he was still having seizures, then why are we on all these things? So over the course of six months, we slowly peeled away medication by medication, kept him on CBD oil. And within the first two weeks of him completely being medication free, he laughed for the first time. So that was, I felt like just that hope that I needed to hold on to. And then I felt like I was up here again. And I was like, okay, like just little baby steps. We are on the right path, stay the course, find the joy in the circumstances that we're in. And like God is going to put us in that just next right step. And he's going to show us we're right where we need to be. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I remember when you guys Mm -hmm. met this doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, how, how was that of getting to see Enzo laugh for the first time? Well, I mean, anytime you see your child give a little whatever their personality is, you just hope that they're a person, you know, like, and you love them for whatever that person is. So for him to show that he has got a personality in there, that there's, you know, something in there, even though it's not much, it means everything to you as a parent because you just don't want to be caretaking for somebody who's not really home, you know, who's just kind of struggling through life that's not even actually aware of what's going on. And so that was our first inkling of, like, man, he's got, like, some got some lights on man let's go like he's like he's kind of with it he hears us and he can respond to us and that's game changer yeah yeah so um that diagnosis that Enzo had is called uh Lennox Gastaut syndrome and that's what Alex was talking about when he's talking about like the life expectancy for kids with Lennox Gastaut is not very high um but I just felt like there was just this hope I'm like God would not be putting these things in our life that just gave me so much hope if there wasn't more to Enzo's life. So I just, I can't, I can't limit my son to a diagnosis. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. Um, So we saw Enzo go through a really big change and had like a, I would say like a solid year. Like, yes, there was roller coasters with seizures. And I think that we just made that choice as parents, like we're okay if Enzo is not seizure free, but for him, I just want him to experience all of life. So be- always viewed it like, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, I would rather him live five years of living than just dope him up with medicines and keep him going, you mm-hmm. know, like, let's give him whatever he can. So Enzo's experienced a lot of pain, I would think. And um, I feel like we, we've been able to manage it with just certain techniques and stuff. But even though he's experienced pain, there's just been just this joy because he's so free and not in a cage anymore with medication that it's just made it all worth it. And then that's when I've just like found myself just like in the word, really just praying to God that like, if, if Enzo is going to experience all this suffering and all this pain and go through this, God, I just pray that you bring people to Jesus through him, that I just pray that his life is just used to glorify you. I just want his life just to mean something. And it has, and that's just what's been so cool to see is just how many people have been just touched by Enzo's story. Um, and so it just makes it all worth it. I get a couple God winks <laughs> in that, that like, I don't think we ever really publicized, but like, so one in particular sticks on my hold mind. Up, hold up. Enzo needed a, oh, there we go. The uh, Enzo needed a blood transfer. He was getting blood transfusions regularly. He had something where his white blood cells were eating his red blood cells. And um, we had this time where it was like a Friday and we had missed our appointment and we were about to like just forgo the appointment we didn't think it was that important and then we finally get to the hospital and they said um 
dude, if you didn't get here to the hospital, he would have died this weekend. And like, it just worked out to where God got us within like five minutes of the appointment being automatically canceled. And it was just like a cool little God nudge of like, man, like I had no idea he was this close to just hematite and whatever the big word is, but going out. And um, God just like kept it there. And it was one of those moments where you can really see, wow, man, God's got his hand on this. Like I didn't, I didn't do this as a parent. I'm not the you know, dad's supposed to be the fixer guy, right? Like, I didn't do this. Like, that was just God looking out for us. And there's probably been so many more, but that was one I really stuck out for me as, whoa. Yeah, like we have a, like a long list of those of yeah. diff- different things where I'm like, God is using Enzo. God wants him here. And man, is Enzo a fighter? Because I swear, any time where it's been like a life critical situation, Enzo's just chilling and smiling and laughing. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you're Dude, so sick. Do you know sick. what's and going you know, on? <laughs> yes, I know. Um, I would think... Recently, to catch people kind of up to speed on like now what is currently would have been the biggest challenges, um, back in June, we were in the hospital, um, and this was just a huge curveball that we never saw um, any indications of before, but Enzo was having a really hard time breathing. Um, he was gasping. It was just suddenly came on one morning. He was gasping for air. You can, when I lifted up his shirt, you could see his lungs really working hard to breathe. And so we took him in and poor guy went through so many tests and x-rays and all the things and um, they couldn't find anything. And that's what was really hard is like, here my son is suffering, he's not breathing well and they just can't find anything. They ended up putting him on just some high pressure oxygen to kind of override whatever blockage might've been in here up in his respiratory, upper respiratory system. And it seemed to work a little bit um, and we did, were able to make it out of the hospital. Um, but then here again, you had a good three weeks, and then here about four weeks ago, all of a sudden his breathing started sounding weird again, and it just, it just scared me because I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't want to go back to the hospital. Oh, my gosh, every time we go, it's literally $10,000 they're charging us, and, like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Like, Enzo doesn't sleep well there. They wake him up every two hours. He just has more seizures there, and if there's no answers – I don't want to put them all through that. So we have to go. There's just times where it's just me and Alex have to sit down at the kitchen table and it's like, what do we do? Like, yes, we got to take it to the Lord, but like also we have to make these decisions on like what's what's just the next right step? What's the next right step? And you really have no idea no. what the next right move is. You just have to feel good about it and yeah. hope that it is. Right. Um, so honestly, this week, I actually didn't even think we were going to make it this Sunday. Um, Enzo was in really, really rough shape last weekend, and we were told that we may need to take him to the ER, um, and we may just, something in our gut was telling us not to take him, that just like whatever the doctor may have thought it was, I didn't think it was the right call, um, and so instead we decided to do an outpatient appointment and set him up with pulmonology to see what was going on in his lungs. I was out of town this entire week leading up to this on a work trip, and I basically just told Alex, like, call me if it's serious. I will come home in a heartbeat. But other than that, you got to kind of let me, like, leave me alone a little bit or else I'm gonna, my head's going to be in Tennessee. I'm not going to be where I'm at. Um, and this, you talk more about that with this doctor and just kind of what ended up happening there this week. Well, we got on this uh, new breathing treatment that's supposed to reduce inflammation in it's hard to explain. I don't even understand it myself, to be honest with you. But there's a little flap here that goes between, like, if you swallow or if you bring in air, 
And they may have to do surgery on that one, down, one day down the road. Just the way his face develops, his jaw is kind of like backwards. So like it kind of creates a lot of uh, limited space there to get everything through. So, but the breathing treatment seemed to have worked. And then I think the other thing to mention too, it's kind of wild. Like Enzo was breathing awfully, but dude was in the best mood ever. Like he was just a pure joy. And he's which just is, a fighter. Which is also why yeah. we go to the hospital. I'm like, dude, this kid doesn't look like he needs to be hospitalized. He looks like yeah. he's thriving outside of, you know, sucking wind. But, um, yeah, so then he had, a, he had a couple rough days, had a couple seizures uh, two or three days ago. Um, and then my parents were a huge help on all that. And, uh, um, yeah, then he's done well again, he's I guess. Yeah, These past so. two days, I came home Friday night, and yesterday I felt was, like, Enzo's best day ever. I was so – when you're – in the weeds with Enzo every single day, it's hard to see progress. But mm -hmm. when you step back and I was gone for five days, I come back and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like my Enzo's back again. He's breathing so well. Like praise God for this doctor and just this just little thing that goes in a nebulizer to give him some, you know, I don't know what I called it, some power inhalation juice is what sure. I called it. But anyways, it just, he had such a great day yesterday. And so this whole thing, guys, is just a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. We have to hang tight to God. Um, we may process things differently, but then we also have to come together like as a unit and then choose like how we're going to also process it together. Because if we were to go separately and I don't agree with the way you process it and you don't go agree with the way I process it, I mean, it would, it would be destruction. I mean, that's, I feel like they say uh, kids with um, any type of disability or any kids that are chronically ill, the divorce rate is like 80%. And I know I did not want to fall on that statistic. So if there's one strong thing that I feel like never wavers, it's us, you know? Yeah. And I, a lot of it's just because you don't have time to bicker over small things, you know, mm -hmm. it's small potatoes. Like mm -hmm. we got a bigger fish to fry. How many, how many euphemisms I can throw in there, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got to, so like that really has helped us a perspective of like what matters and what doesn't matter, especially in our marriage, um, and parenting and just, yeah, it's a huge blessing. And then the other thing I think is that it just gives us a huge perspective on our own lives in general. Like I, if you had watched me play golf five years ago, right? Like you would see a dude mad over a chip shot if I chunked it, but now it's like, dude, I don't. I don't care, man. I'm just happy to be out there and that Enzo's happy and like nothing matters truly worldly anymore. And that's been the best thing about Enzo in my faith definitely is that it's made me focus on God that I have had, I've had to rely on him before in my life. I was a Christian, but I never had to use God or never needed God truly. And now that I truly need God, it just, it, it's just a, it's a cool thing. It's the highest highs and lowest lows, but man, you feel like a legitimate, like, child of God, because I, I have to be, and, um, and that's just, that's the best thing ever for, with Enzo. That's the most thing, the thing I'm the most thankful for. Um, at first, for the first two years I mentioned before, I was the most angry about it, but since then, my perspective has changed and realized that, man, God's just keeping me, man. He knew that, like, if I was, you know, in Romans, it tells us that he foreknew us and that he chose us. And man, you want to feel chosen is like, if you look at the perspective of, dude, like I, maybe you thought I was a Christian, but I was living a very haphazard Christian life, right? Like I just go to church on Sunday, whatever. I didn't serve it all. I didn't live it out. And Enzo's made me live it out. And if I looked at it through that lens, that is truly God saying to me, like, dude, I, like you are mine and I've got you. And that is the, 
the coolest thing ever. It's real easy to like say that and not admit that there's a lot of days where the devil wins and that you get on the worldwide or the world perspective of like, man, this sucks, man. My back is breaking today, man. I'm tired of holding this kid. I'm tired of the stress and anxiety of like, I don't know what right choice to make today, you know? And um, so that's the, the best part of it is Alex, knowing that you're a child of God. It's amazing yeah. to hear you say that because so many folks could choose to stay angry at God and could say, God, what I'm experiencing is evidence that you're not caring for me. Right. But you've experienced something completely different where you've drawn near to God because you've needed him and you've experienced a, a deep experience in his love through the challenge and the trial of caring for your son. That's amazing. There's no room to be complacent in your faith with Enzo. Um, otherwise, you'll just be depressed because if you look at it through the world lens and yeah. his life expectancy, it's sad, you know, yeah. and if this life was truly just it, then it would be very depressing and I would be in a much worse spot, but with hope to hold on to, and I know we'll talk about the scripture in a second, but the hope to hold on to is like, yo, like I might see Enzo walk one day in heaven, you know, or I don't know, or yeah. I don't know, but it's, um, it's wonderful to have something to hope in. Yeah, well, if you guys have not gotten to meet the whole Martin family, I think we have some pictures. So um, there's Enzo, look at that. Look at that stud. That's your new workplace. What time do you lead workouts at Sango? What is that? Oh, Sango Burn Boot Camp? Is Burn Boot Camp, yes. Um, I lead the 5 and 6 a.m. The camps 5 there. and 6 a.m. Yep. Let me just pause here just for a moment because some of you are um, like complainers. You're whiners. Like you could just write the banner over your life, weak sauce, right? You know, like I, I, I don't know, right? I, I don't know. It's my hope that hearing this story, you're inspired to the core. As you see this family that um, has endured and has persevered in their faith, in their love to one another, in their care for their children. Um, they've not thrown in the towel on life. They've not thrown in the towel on the Lord. And we, um, Alex and Kayla, I just wanna say our church needs you. Like, we need you. We need your faith. You, talk, you talked about, can we see that picture of Enzo again? Um, uh, we need Enzo. We've needed Enzo. Like, our church, you, you guys were there at the beginning. And in the first couple of years of a church, there's big question marks of what is this thing? Is anybody going to hang around? Is anybody going to commit? Are they just going to move on to the next new thing when the next new thing comes along? Like, are people going to treat this like consumerism? Are they going to treat this like a spiritual family? And you guys being willing to introduce us to Enzo and letting us love you and love him and know him, um, it has helped us become a real church, a real spiritual family. And um, in the way you have endured in your faith through a trial, it has been the Christian example that we've needed. Um, to, to say, look, I, this church, like what God is doing here, it's, it's not smoke and lights, it's not glitz and glamour, it's, it is the most earthy, real life thing that, and, and, and you guys have embodied that so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you, church, aren't you grateful for them? We know there's so much more. I mean, there's so much more, you guys will, write a book one day or, you know, it's, it's it, um, you know, I, last week I, I preached on suffering. I used to be so insecure preaching on suffering. 
because I hadn't felt like I'd suffered, you know. And I, I, got the, I got the most wonderful text from a real lifer this past week to say the Lord Jesus started his ministry when he was like in his th- young 30s. And she said, you don't have to be 55 or 60 to share with us the wisdom of God. Jesus himself was, and I was so thankful for that. Um, and here you guys are, you know, young people modeling the most beautiful picture of Christian maturity. Um, how did you interact with the sermon last week, the text of Romans 8 last week? How did God speak to you or did anything resonate in particular? There was a, um, my favorite verse in Romans 8 there. I believe it was verse uh, 23. Um, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Man, I wrote that down and put that in my room and just kept, wanted to just read it over and over every day as just kind of a model for how I want to um, live each day with Enzo. And I never really realized it was okay to groan and that's what God wanted for me. I just don't think that's like more in my personality. I want to know like as a Christian, like I gotta be strong, I gotta be happy and like find the joy in the difficult circumstances. But like if I just keep living there, it bottles up and then it puts me in a pit of sadness. So when I feel something that just inspired me, I need to groan and like if I'm like, man, this is a hard day. I just need to take that to God and just groan to him. And, and so it can be released. He can be that strength when I am weak and then just renew me for the next day. Um, because I feel like in the place I was of just trying to like, like there would be times where I'd be short with you during the day, like kind of snappy. And I would tell him, hey, I'm really sorry. At any moment, I could burst out into tears right now. I'm just so upset with everything going on with Enzo. So I just need to walk away but it's because I wasn't groaning. I wasn't like actually feeling those really, really hard feelings. And this came to me actually last night where it was like, this is, I feel like is such a small scale of this. So I don't even want to relate to this, but I kind of know how she feels. But kind of with like Mary watching Jesus go through all that suffering, the heart of like a mother watching your child suffer every day is the hardest thing ever. And so like, I just empathize and feel just how much like Mary must have felt like watching Jesus go through all that suffering because it is so, so hard. But the long, the, the way we need to long for that reveal and like the, of the day that Enzo will one day be released of all the sin and suffering and will get a new body, man, that's what I hold on yes. to every single day, Hallelujah. every single day. Amen. So I took a lot from last week. Yeah. It was so helpful. There's so, so much helpful. hope. There's so much hope. Yes. It's like endless imagination of what God is going to give him and you. And that is our hope, our confident expectation that that day is coming. And it is coming soon. Oh, I love you. It's so yes. good. I had the same takeaway. Um, so I've, it feels sometimes sinful to groan to God. And I would also, I think you said, where don't compare your suffering to somebody else's. And so for me, I'd huge history nerd and I love it and so I always think to myself well I'm not in Ukraine I'm not in Israel I'm not in a bomb shelter right now like my suffering doesn't matter right like it's not in comparison I'm not worried about my own life I'm not worried about where I'm going to eat today or any of that stuff and I'm living in a 
the easiest place to be a Christian in the world. Um, so I didn't know how to grow. And I didn't, so I wouldn't, kind of like she's saying, where I would just pent up stuff, not take it to God and address it in the first, the first thing to do. And then, then it turns into anger with God versus just taking every little, everything, good and bad, to God and letting that suss it out versus just building it up and saying, well, I'm not, I'm not worthy enough to grow. I'm not worthy enough to feel feelings of contempt, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah. Well, last week, if you weren't here last week, I shared five ways to um, patiently endure suffering, to wait while you're enduring suffering. And one of the ways to patiently endure suffering is to groan. And I defined groaning as expressing the deepest pain from the deepest place without words. Um, so if you're hearing them and you're like, I hear them talking about groaning, I wasn't here last week, what was that? Well, that's one of the ways that we see in this text that, that Paul tells us that we're able to endure suffering with hope is that we express the deepest pain from the deepest place to God without words. That's what it means to groan. And that's part of the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life is that he enables us to groan. What challenge would you guys have for our church? Any, any challenge is our church. We have our, our, our minutes, our moments, our days ahead of us. James tells us, don't assume that you have tomorrow. Life is a vapor. So Lord willing, we have another week to live ahead of us. Lord willing, how would you guys challenge us? We're both coaches, so we love challenges. Let's go. So. Woo! They're both coaches. All right, coach. you an awful perspective it's going to lie to you tell you this is the worst situation ever your suffering will be just awful because it's all in this space in this life if you continually fill yourself with the spirit by getting into the word and groaning to god talking to god um for me i've noticed that my suffering just doesn't affect me if i am putting the input in correctly if i don't have my input correctly then the suffering becomes overwhelming um, so that would be my challenge is read the word of God. It's amazing when, how easy it is to forget how many distractions we have that here in Romans eight, he's telling you, you are a child of God, that you have an eternal place and that it's all been laid before you, that you're just receiving a gift and the world will lie to you and tell you that that's not true or that there's so many things piled up in between there and there that it's hard to see the end point. There's a saying that me and Alex say to each other every single day when there's a hard point in the day. And we usually just look at each other and say, BD. And that means built different, okay? I just want to remind you guys that we are all built different in Christ. Not apart from Christ, but like we have the Holy Spirit within us, meaning, hey, we're built different. Like we can do hard things and we can persevere. Um, but again, that's like not outside of Christ, but with him, we can do hard things and we can persevere. Um, and just to remember, like, if when you're going through something, like, just hold on. This is not our home. This is not our home. So good. So good. We love you so much. Um, we love your precious boys. You could talk about Rip and how Enzo's been a big brother to Rip. And there's so much more to your story. Um, we're thankful this morning that you've been willing to let us in on a little bit and to share with us and 
Um, I'd like for you guys just to stand here. We want to pray for you guys. So you can just leave the mics, you know, put the mics down there. I want to ask our elders and staff to come and gather and pray. Our worship team's going to come and, and help us lead, lead us into the next uh, song. So you guys just stand right down here at, on the front. And um, uh, um, as, we, as we sing this next song, uh, after we pray for Alex and Kayla, uh, maybe you're here this morning and you, wanna, you need healing. You need physical healing. Um, uh, maybe there's someone in your life that needs physical healing. Maybe you're carrying a, a burden and, and God has spoken something to you through their story. Um, I, I'm going to have our elders remain up here, our staff to remain up here to pray for us as you have need. You can come and kneel here at the altar. Um, we've anointed Enzo with oil. We've prayed for his healing dozens and dozens of times and will continue to. Um, and uh, we seek the Lord's almighty touch. And the hope that we see in Romans 8 is that, is that if healing does not come in this life, it will come through Christ. And, and we don't have time today to explain to you why we believe that Enzo will be in heaven. Uh, but we believe that with great confidence, that that is his forever home. And uh, we've got great scripture um, evidence that we believe that on. And um, so I just cannot wait for that day when he receives a resurrection body and I mean, I just, I, you know, will he, will he play golf? Will he play baseball? I don't know. Maybe he'll play an instrument, right? I don't know what he's going to do, but, um, uh, but what's, what's amazing is he'll be able to do it forever. And um, so what purpose his life has today and what purpose your faith and your endurance has today and how you've inspired us in Alex and Kayla, we thank you. Uh, Father, we pray in Jesus' name and by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We pray, dear God, thanking you for these two, uh, these two parents that have loved their sons well, Lord, that have navigated anger, that have navigated doubt, that have navigated faith, that have navigated high highs and low lows. Lord, thank you for letting them let us into their life the way they have. Thank you for their faith that inspires us. Thank you for the strength of their testimony. Thank you for their coaching, that their eyes are on you. We just thank you for the Martin family. We thank you for Enzo. Enzo, Maximus Martin, Lord, the way he has blessed us, the way he inspires us as he continues to fight. And we pray for his healing today, Lord. And we thank you that his healing will come one day. We thank you for Rip. We thank you for how he's growing. And we pray your hand would be mightily upon him, that he would be a world changer for you, Lord Jesus, just like his mom and dad. Father, we hate the suffering of this world. And Lord, we are not home. This world is not our home. We look for the city that is to come. Father, may we shine bright we thank you for Alex and Kayla's example. And uh, Lord, sustain them and strengthen them. This week, next week, this month, next month, this year, next year, all the days of their life. Sustain them, uphold them in your righteous right hand. Bless them, cause your face to shine upon them. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen, amen. Church, would you just give it up for this awesome family? Stand to your feet. Let's worship together. You come. You come if you need prayer this morning. You come as we sing and, and let's pray together. Let's make this a house of prayer in this place. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon.
Keep it real, keep it Jesus.